Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Let's go back to that last slide. Um, So let's just read this. This is what we're just singing. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And when we're, what we're talking about, what we're looking at in our, in our scripture today is the fact that even though our situation might be bad, even though our circumstances might go from bad to worse, God is still good. God is still faithful. And he can even bless us in the middle of suffering, in the middle of things going from bad to worse. And so when we sing these things and when we talk about these things, um, we're not saying that, hey, if we're, if we're a Christ follower, if we, if we love God, if we care about God, then everything's just going to be perfect and easy. That's not what we're saying. But when we are a Christ follower and when we're being faithful and walking in righteousness with him, then he will bless us. He will be good to us. He will take care of us even in the midst of troubling circumstances. Okay? And so today we're going to be picking up where we left off last week. Um, We're in Genesis chapter 39. We're going to do chapter 39 and 40 this week. Um, but last week we, we saw this kind of interrupter story in Genesis 38, where at the end of 37, um, we had Joseph being sold into slavery. And then here in Genesis, then, then in Genesis 38, it takes a break and goes to this, this very interesting uh, Jerry Springer story of uh, Judah and Tamar. Um, and uh, it's kind of like, well, where did that come from? Um, but it's interesting when you compare and juxtapose that story to what we're looking at today. When you look at how Judah acted in that situation versus how Joseph acts in our story for today. Um, so we pick back up with Joseph, um, and that's where we are in Genesis 39. But the main theme, uh, main idea for today's message is this. When living a life of righteousness, God will bless and people will fail you. When living a life of righteousness, God will bless and people will fail you. All right? So a little positive and a little reality. All right? So here we go. Genesis 39. Let's jump in. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Okay, remember that. That's going to become important later on. The captain of the guard is Pharaoh's job. Okay? An Egyptian had brought him from the the Ishmaelites and had brought him uh, down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. 
From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. And so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. So Potiphar really kind of hits the jackpot. He gets Joseph and God is blessing Joseph. And so because of that, he in turn is blessing Potiphar and Potiphar is reaping the benefits even to the point where it says all Potiphar had to worry about was what he was going to eat for dinner that night. Like that's how good he had it. Like Joseph's taking care of everything. Joseph's um, just doing everything for him and God is blessing Joseph. And in return, Potiphar is getting blessed by that. And I want to start with this is when God blesses those who are living in righteousness, others benefit as well. When we are, when we are striving to live in the way that God would have us to live and he's putting blessings on our lives, that's going to have a ripple effect. Others are going to benefit from that as well. In fact, this is is true because we, uh, we kind of, when we see someone that's being blessed by God, what do we want to do? We want to get close to that person. We want to get in on that. Oh, things are going well over here. Let, let, let me go, let me hang out with this person. Let me, let me be a part of this blessing that's happening over here. And this is, this is true in our lives. And this is true for Joseph and for Potiphar. And so God's blessing, things are looking up, right? Like, yeah, Joseph was, you know, kind of sold into slavery by his brothers and, uh, kind of got hauled off to another country and, well, yeah, he's still a slave and like things, that's kind of downer, right? But in the midst of that, we see good things happening. In the midst of that circumstance, God who's in control is still blessing. He's still taking care of Joseph. He's still meeting Joseph's needs. And then somebody else wants to get close to Joseph. And the story goes on. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you're his wife. How then can I do this wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her or to be with her. And so Potiphar's wife has this idea and she, uh, she's not the most moral woman and she wants to get with Joseph. But Joseph says no. And did you catch his reasons? First, he said, no, Potiphar, trust me. He trusts me. I'm I'm not going to do this against him. And Joseph's saying like, look, my life is good. I've got a good thing going here. Like he hasn't kept anything back from me. Like things, things are good here. I'm not going to mess that up by doing this. And then he just straight up says, it's wrong. This would be wrong. I'm not going to do this. And he goes a step further. He says, this is a sin against God. Not only would it be wrong against Potiphar, not only would it be wrong against you, not only would it be wrong against me, but it's a sin against God. And this is a temptation that Joseph faced in this day, but it's a temptation that is still around plenty today. 
And this, that's why this story is very applicable to us and easy to relate to because we can see this happening. We know these struggles. We, some of us face these temptations. Other of us lie about facing these temptations. Um, and so we face these temptations. The temptation is to go into sin in this area. And I want to encourage you that if, if this is a temptation that comes at you to sin in this area, to sin against God in this way, do what Joseph did. Just say no. Was that a slogan in Canada? Was that a thing here? Okay, yeah, because when I was growing up, that was the whole big kick to keep kids off drugs, right? Just say no. Um, honestly, I don't know how well it worked. A lot of my friends ended up on drugs. Um, but, uh, but maybe we can try it again. Let's well, just say no. And sometimes that might seem simpler than it really is, right? Because temptations are strong. Things that come at you are strong. And in fact, Potiphar's wife does not give up. She goes on in verse 11. But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came into me to lie with me and cried out, with a, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She told him the same story. Saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. And so we see here that sometimes when saying no isn't enough, you just need to run away. You just need to get out of the situation. You just need to flee from the situation. That's what Joseph does. Joseph takes off. He runs away. He gets out of there. He says, hey, I'm not, I'm not staying here. I'm not entertaining this, right? So many times we'll, we'll say, oh, well, it's just a little flirtation or it's, it's, just, it's just a little of this. It's, just, it's not that bad. I'm just kind of dabbling in right here. And Joseph says, no, he says, I'm getting out of here. He takes off running. He's like, she's got in by, the, by his coat. He's like, I don't need that thing. I'm getting out of here. And he runs away. And sometimes that is our best course of escape when we're facing temptation is to run away, get out of there. And scripture is, is clear in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this, no temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And so if you ever feel like, hey, temptations are coming at me and I, I just, I can't get away from it. Like it's, it's just too strong. Know that God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have the power of the Holy Spirit living within you, then he has provided a way for you to escape whatever that temptation is. There's a way out. The question is, will you look for it and will you take it? Are you willing to leave your coat behind and run off? 
Are you willing to take those steps to say, no, I'm going to live in faithfulness to God and righteousness to God and not fall into this thing? I'm willing to run away. Because if, if you know Jesus and you know the power of his resurrection, then you have the power to overcome sin. You have the power to escape these things. There is an open door to get away from them. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's there. And the great news is, well, let's go with more bad news first. The bad news is we all have fallen. None of us have been perfect. We've all given in to temptation. Scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is, is that that's exactly why Jesus came. Jesus came to die for sinners. He paid the price for us. He died on a cross. He lived a sinless life, died on a cross, paying the punishment for sin, and then rose again three days later, defeating sin and death. And in that, there's hope. He's, by his resurrection, we know that the payment that he paid was marked paid in full. And in that, he can forgive us. In that, he can restore us. In that, he can make us whole. And in that, we have hope. But once we experience that hope, then we get to what I'm talking about today, okay? So if you're on your own just trying to say, hey, I'm gonna fight temptation, I'm gonna run away like, like Joseph did, I'm gonna do this, I've got this, and you're gonna do it on your own, you're gonna fail because you're weak, like I'm weak, like we're all weak. But through Christ, there's strength. Through him, there's the power and the ability um, to fight these things and to find our ways of escape. And so, how did this go for Joseph, though? He ran away, and then what happened? He still got in trouble, right? The story goes on. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. So again, we see Joseph, he's actually doing the righteous thing. He's doing what God would want. He's being the good guy. He's fleeing the situation. He's running away from temptation. And yet his situation goes from bad being just a slave to worse being now a prisoner. And we can know this can be the case in our lives as well. That just because we do what's right in a sin-filled world does not mean everything is going to be easy for us. Just because we do the, do the right thing doesn't mean that, oh, it's going to be all smooth and easy. And that's what we see in Joseph's life is that, that it keeps going from bad to worse and, and things are, are not going his way. It's kind of interesting. A lot of scholars think that by looking at this story that Potiphar actually probably kind of saw the truth in the situation. But because his wife was saying this, he had to do something about it. And you say, well, where do they get that from? Well, one, it doesn't say that he was angry with Joseph. It says his anger was kindled. Very well, he could have been angry with his wife because he probably knew what was going on. You say, well, why would you say that? Well, we come to that conclusion by the fact of the punishment. Joseph's punishment 
could have been death. In fact, if this guy was, was that angry and this slave had done this horrible thing to his wife, that would have been the natural recourse. Is this, that's the end of this guy. But instead, Potiphar says, hey, I'm, I'm putting you in prison. Later on in, verse 40, in chapter 40, we're going to see that that prison was at the house of the captain of the guard. And what was Potiphar's job? He was the captain of the guard. So Potiphar basically said, hey, instead of you running my house now, you're going over there. You're, I'm moving you over there. I'm putting you in over there. So yet, so Joseph's still under his charge. He's still under his household in some way. And Potiphar, it, it might not seem, you know, it's still pretty extreme. I mean, he's thrown in prison. It's, it's a real thing. He's put with all of the, the king's prisoners, um, all of Pharaoh's prisoners, but um, the reality is that his punishment at this point could have been much worse. And so we, we think that maybe Potiphar had a little insight into the character of his wife and the re reality of the situation. But nonetheless, Joseph pays the price for it and he ends up thrown in prison. And then the story goes on. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. And the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So again, we see even though his circumstances are so bad, God is blessing him and God is making him succeed in everything that he does. Well, then sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in, his, in the custody of the house of the captain of the guard. So that's where Joseph is in the prison where Joseph was confirmed, confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and he attended to them and they continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each of his own dream and each dream with his own interpretation. And when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? So Joseph here has already given glory to God. Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in the Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is his interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as, for, as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I've done nothing that they should put me in this pit. 
when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cakes of baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is his interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. And on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. So Joseph's here in prison and he's got these significant guys get thrown in prison. And, and again, we, we see here that Joseph has a connection with God and he's able to interpret their dreams for him. And in fact, his interpretations come true. That's how you know he was a good interpreter. It happened. Um, if you are interpreting things and they don't happen, then you're not a good interpreter. Um, but yeah, so Joseph here is, is able to do that for him. And his request was what? Hey, hey, cupbearer, when you're back there handing that cup to Pharaoh, maybe, just maybe, will you mention me to him? If there's any way you can maybe pull some strings for me to get me out of this pit, I would really appreciate it. Like, I don't like it in here. It's not nice. The view is not very good. The food, well, you've had it. Like, come on, help me out here. Get me out of this place. And so what happens? Verse 23. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And so again, we're reminded that when living a life of righteousness, God will bless and people will fail you. When we're living a life of righteousness, God will bless and people will fail you. And that's the theme that runs through this part of Joseph's life. God is blessing, God is giving him good things, and yet people are letting him down. It's also interesting when we know the rest of the story and what we're going to look at in weeks to come of how God is putting Joseph exactly where he needs to be for what God has in store for him in the future. So even though his earthly situation is going from bad to worse, that situation is exactly where God wants him to be able to do in his life and through him exactly what God wants to do in the future. And so the, the struggle for us is when we're in those times, being able to have the faith and the trust in God that yeah, my circumstances are bad, but I still see your blessing. I still know that you are good. I still know that you are going to be good today, tomorrow, and for the rest of my life. And I'm gonna be faithful to you. For many in our community right now, they're, they're in that situation and in that time of things have gone from bad to worse. We have people suffering in our community right now. I was over at the, uh, the, the high school yesterday um, just to check in and see what they needed. And some of the volunteers said, hey, our big need right now is stuff for kids. And I was like, okay, do you want coloring sheets? So I came and cleaned out a bunch of old coloring sheets we had at the church. Uh, Haley got them together for me and I ran them over there this morning so the kids will have something to do over there. But um, what are ways that we can, can bless and help those that maybe their situation is kind of going from bad to worse right now? 
How can we be a part of God being good in their life? How can blessings coming on us be a ripple effect into their lives in this time and in this season? What are ways that we can show the love of Christ in tangible ways in the days ahead? Let's pray. Jesus, we do thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, you lead us and you guide us. I pray for anyone here who does not yet know the power of your Holy Spirit that has not placed their faith in you. I pray that today they might do that, that they might come to know the power of your salvation. Lord, I pray for all of us that we'll have the faithfulness and the righteousness of Joseph. I pray for anyone here who's facing these temptations that Joseph faced, maybe in different ways or in different forms, but at their root, the, the same kinds of things. Lord, I pray that we will be faithful to say no and to run away from these things. I pray that, that we'll be faithful to look for the way of escape that you've promised that you provide for us. Lord, let us be righteous people, not of our own righteousness, but of the righteousness that comes from you by the power of your blood, by the power of what you did on the cross, Jesus, we, we thank you. We thank you for the new life that's found in you. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we lift this all up before you in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Persevere.